Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started. and welcome back to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. I am here with Mary Krista Smith this week and she is just starting her third week as our Communities That Care Coordinator. Mary Krista, how are you doing today? Terrific, Derek. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Just to start off, why don't you give everyone a little background? Tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe some of the things you like to do outside of work, some of the different work experiences you've had before coming to this position and things like that. I am a 26-year resident of Summit County. I moved to Park City in 1991 to take a little break from college and be a ski bum like so many of us, and I've stayed here ever since. I moved out to the Camas Valley in the year 2000. I have two kids who attend school in the South Summit School District, a 15-year-old and an 8-year-old. And I love my experience across all of Summit County, um, especially the recreational and lifestyle opportunities that we have here to hike, to be in nature, to visit the reservoirs, to ski and mountain bike. Um, We just live in an incredible place for enjoying the outdoors, and I love it. Awesome. So... What you've been really involved in some different things here in Summit County before you came here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about where you were working and kind of what your professional experience has been? Absolutely. Before having kids, I taught at the Oakley School in Oakley. It's a boarding school, a therapeutic boarding school. And my degree was in social science. And so I was able to teach psychology and sociology, race, class, and gender, geography, and I really enjoy that age group, the adolescent age group, and I loved working there and really feeling like I was making a difference in their lives, and I've had students that continue to email me and connect with me to say that the experiences that they had at the Oakley School and in class were profound and life-changing. So that is incredible. And I, I'm the kind of person, Derek, who I need to feel a heart-centered passion for the work I'm doing. And teaching certainly provided that. I stayed home with my kids for a number of years to raise them when they were really little. And after that, I was fortunate to take a position with Summit Community Power Works, which is a nonprofit under the Park City Community Foundation that was pursuing the Georgetown University Energy Prize, a $5 million prize for switching to renewables and practicing greater efficiency. And it was really community organizing grassroots initiative to shift people's consciousness around where's your energy coming from, how much are you using, what are the consequences of that both economically and environmentally. And that work was collaborative across the county and our early adopters were in Camas and North Summit in Colville. North Summit School District switched all of their light bulbs to LED and Camas did as well and finally Park City. And so 
the work was really rewarding to see the difference that could be made when we collectively were all working towards a similar goal. That work has really dovetailed nicely into my new Communities That Care position because I'm working with the same leaders throughout the community, whether it's in local government or the school districts or other nonprofit leaders within the community. I am working with a lot of the same folks, which is wonderful. And that's kind of a segue into my next question. You've already partially answered this, talking about your background in mental health and the education fields. So what was it that interested you about the Communities That Care position? In between working with SCPW and Communities That Care, I also worked for a company for about six months called Plenty. And they do a lot of event concepting for large fundraisers throughout the country, World Wildlife Fund and Wounded Warrior Project, etc. It was really good work, but I couldn't feel the local impact. I was working with people in Washington, D.C. who were working on policy at a legislative level, and it's important work, but I couldn't touch or see or feel it at the local level, and I missed that. And when I learned about this position, with communities that care, I could see the opportunity to make a difference locally here where I live in the community, where I'm connected, where my kids are connected. And that was what really inspired me. And because I can see that there's tremendous need within our community to serve our younger generation you know, speaking for my daughter, she is 15 and she is growing up in a completely different world than the one I grew up in. I had a rotary phone that had a cord to the wall. When I was in college and I wanted to do a research paper, I had to go to the library and search for books in a card catalog and have them send them to me physically through interlibrary loan. That is not the world our kids are living in anymore. And that's just a small example of what I can relate to is the transformational change. But we're seeing in our young people the canary in the coal mine, if you will, and whether it's substance abuse or mental health issues, our kids in this new world are really struggling in a lot of ways. And it takes an entire community to address these issues in a comprehensive way so that we can be effective in a broad sense and for the long term. And so, again, my desire to do heart-centered work and meaningful work align beautifully with communities that care. Talking about your desire to do work here in the local community, why don't we get into the details of what the communities that care coordinator position does? Just and. It's a lot of things, and I know in the first three weeks you've been here, you hit the ground running, and you've just been all over the place, super busy. So if we can, let's try to distill it down to what kind of the objectives are with the position and some of the stuff you've been working on so far. Yes, so the communities that care model has been used throughout the country and throughout the world to facilitate a process at a community level that addresses issues of substance abuse and mental health way upstream before those risky behaviors start to take effect. It's been proven in longitudinal studies and peer-reviewed studies to be incredibly effective in reducing substance abuse and tobacco use and also in addressing mental health issues. The role of coordinator 
is to gather together the different leaders within the community who are working within schools or who are service providers for mental health and to have a community conversation and come up with our strategy in a collective way. Our community, like so many others, we have great programs that often work in silos and in isolation of one another. And we really need a comprehensive understanding of what is happening in our community and how we can work together to elevate and expand our impact so that we're not duplicating programs and also that we can pool our resources as we go after funding for programs and what have you. So you could imagine the position of coordinator as being the conductor of the orchestra. I'm not playing the instruments, but I am bringing everyone into the auditorium together and creating a symphony where we're playing together and creating something beautiful. The community itself the people on the steering committee and the other committees are the ones who end up selecting the programs that they will be implementing. They're selecting the pieces of music that they will be playing. You talked about working together to elevate and expand the services that we have available for the youth. So how does that fit in with the work that you do with the school districts or here, for instance, with the health department's suicide prevention coalition and then Skipping ahead a little bit, overall, how does that fit into our work with the Summit County Mental Wellness Alliance? Yes, good question. We are at a, there are five phases to the communities that care process. The first phase is getting the key leaders of the community on board, and they are. The second phase is gathering together the coalition, and we have done that. And so we have the important organizations and people at the table. The third phase is the phase that we are entering into now, which is assessing the data. And the SHARP survey is given to all students in Utah grades 6 through 12. And that the results of those surveys are due in the next month. And it will allow us to see what are we really seeing in our youth population so that we know what we want to target with our programs. And once we have that data and see where the greatest needs are with the young people, we do a resource assessment through the community, which is what you're speaking to, Derek. So we see what is Summit County Health Department doing? What is North Summit School District doing? What are the different programs that are out there as far as hope squads and what have you? And do they need more funding? So a lot of our work will be to assess what's already working in the community and look to elevate and expand fund and staff programs that may be addressing exactly what we need them to address. They just need more support and funding. And there also may be some gaps and new programs that need to be brought into the community because we don't have anything yet. And the data will tell us that. With that kind of background and just an explanation of what we have going on, not only with your position and with communities that care, but kind of overall, what is your goal coming into this position and then looking forward to the next year or so, kind of your main focus? The goal is to create a really long-term sustainable change and to have the resources and services available and saturated throughout the community so that people, when they uh, need resources, know where to go and who to reach out to and that they're interwoven into everything we do within the community. Within the next year, my short-term goals are to 
one, assess the data and do a resource assessment and have the community come together through the coalition to select the programs that are needed to fill in the gaps. And once we have that information to write that out as far as a strategic plan and begin implementing that plan within the next year. So goal for the next year is to begin implementing the programs that will be selected by the community. The goal for the long term, five years and 10 years, is to see huge reductions in the risk factors that have brought us to the table in the first place, to see at you know 50% reduction in substance abuse and attempted suicide and not Not only that, but an elevated conversation and understanding within our community about the importance of mental health and that it's taken out of the shadows and brought into the spotlight as something that we can proactively address as a community. You just mentioned bringing mental health kind of out of the shadows. Now that we've talked about the crystal ball of where we want to head and especially where we want to go in the next year. What are some of the biggest challenges you feel that our mental health and substance abuse prevention efforts are facing now or may face down the road? So the answer to this question is not data-driven. It's going to come from my own personal experience as well as the conversations that I've been having. I have a 15-year-old daughter and when I talk to her about these issues and if she feels like she can go to adults if she needs help or if she feels like one of her friends are struggling and she will tell me young people don't want to go to adults we go to each other there's a fear that they're going to get in trouble there's a fear that their friends won't want to be friends with them anymore if they've confided in them and then they go and talk to an adult so it feels like it's in the shadows with the young people that there's a boundary or a barrier to the conversation and to their willingness to reach out for resources both for the fear of what may the consequences may be from adult to young person and also within the peer culture of quote unquote ratting out your friend also in the shadows i had a conversation with a um police officer the other day and what he shared with me is that there's just massive denial within our community from a parent's perspective regarding the behaviors of our young people that we it's hidden in park city we do have a serious substance abuse and mental health issue like most of the country does and yet on the surface in our community in park city it's life is so wonderful here how could anything be wrong there's a denial at that level and it takes on a different form in my community in camas where things are so close knit that people are reticent to go out and seek seek help in a public way because it may be spread throughout the community and they're afraid of being judged however that is it's within the kids it's within parents to kids and it's also just within the fabric of our community that it's something people feel ashamed about they feel like there's something wrong and that's something that we have to change we have to transform and elevate that conversation so that mental health issues become a conversation that we have openly and honestly it reminds me of Susan G Komen and 
the Race for the Cure. And that, you know, those organizations, Komen, I think, raises over $200 million a year for breast cancer research. And back when it started, it was a promise made from a sister to a sister on her deathbed where her sister promised her that she was going to take breast cancer out of the shadows because you weren't even allowed to say it on air. You couldn't even say it on TV. And there was so much shame around it. And that conversation has been completely transformed to you have NFL football players wearing pink socks during Breast Cancer Awareness Week. And to me, that's what's possible with mental health. That's what's possible with our Mental Wellness Alliance is to transform it from a place where it's hidden and people feel bad about it to our own version of wearing pink socks, whatever that looks like. I think that's a great way to kind of segue into our last point here. If you had one message, kind of a, maybe a distilled version of what we just covered, which was fantastic, but one thing that you wanted people to take away from this interview or to really know if they remember nothing else, what would it be? Our community is committed to this work in the long term. Summit County Council has just elevated mental wellness to one of its priorities in its strategic plan. Our school districts, our health departments, Valley Behavioral Health, and our families recognize that this is an issue that we can only address collectively and together. And to begin having those conversations with your friends and neighbors and to begin having those conversations with your schools and become part of the solution. So have the conversation, become part of the solution, and know that our entire community is committed and moving towards solutions for mental wellness. Awesome. Mary Krista, thank you so much for stopping by and best of luck to you as we continue moving forward. Thank you, Derek. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County.